Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me, as always, is Dairyfield AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you today? Doing all right, Joe. Uh, we need an extra cup of coffee tonight between all the <laughs> schedule changes and everything else. We're doing a little later, little late night podcast here. Late, a little late night podcast, and yeah, NH High School Sports after dark. Oh, it is. Uh, <laughs> it has been a, a mess. It feels like scheduling wise. Uh, we were just talking before we started here about time changes and and uh, all, all these different things going on. So I, I guess that's a good reminder for all of you uh, fans out there to uh, double check your schedule before you go to a game call the school yeah <laughs> i haven't run into that yet this year where i've shown up and there's been nobody there so uh i should knock on wood before before we uh, go any further but uh you can send your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com give us a follow on twitter facebook and instagram at at nhhs sports uh this week we're once again recording the show at backyard brewery and kitchen in manchester and don't forget, you can listen to the show every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. And uh, before we get started, let's take a moment to tell you about our sponsors. Yes, plural. Uh, the presenting sponsor for the Ninth State Sports Show is Roger Howe of the Bean Group. Are you thinking of selling your home? Now may be the time. Just like the weather, the market is hot and interest rates remain at all-time lows. It's time to call Roger Howe, a licensed professional realtor with the Bean Group. Not sure what your home is worth? Roger will provide analysis for you at no charge. With 12 years of experience in residential, commercial, leasing, and investment properties, Roger knows your local market. Contact Roger Howe of the Bean Group at 800-450-7784 or 603-247-1583 or email him at roger at rhowrealestate.com. The Ninth State Sports Show is also proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs, Located in Bedford, Prolax Customs wants to make your stick as unique as the way you play the game. It is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for custom-dyed lacrosse heads. Or guys, if you need a stick stringing before we get into crunch time, you need to contact them. To learn more, visit them online at ProlaxCustoms.com, and you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, or email ProlaxLacrosse at gmail.com. Joe, flawless, flawless read as always. <laughs> well, except that one time. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um... I don't know any any thoughts before we get started here. Well, we said uh, we had some we had some great uh, matchups coming up. We had some great out of state games. Uh, we've got more out of state games on tap coming up uh, this weekend and in the near future. Um, and there have been some really really interesting scores throughout the divisions. Um, there is a lot of parity right now. <laughs> sure um, feels you know, like the, it. Yeah. The top teams are clearly rising. But man, uh, you know, I, I think I'm not sure anyone expected uh, this much. Like as we're usually by now, by the midpoint season, like you can kind of tell the different tiers. And I know we're going to talk about that as the show goes on. But I, I tell you, there is still a lot to be written this season. Um, D1, D2 and D3. Um, you know, I, I, well, first off, let's um, let's jump into the coaches poll. Yeah. Uh, we'll go over that real quick. Um, you know, this week. We had uh, Bishop Girton still at number one, but this week uh, recaptured all of the first place votes after uh, losing a couple of them the week before. Those uh, big wins over Exeter, BC High, get them back on uh, as a unanimous number one. Exeter stays at number two, uh, and and in a historic move, uh, Portsmouth moves up to number three. You know, as I mentioned in the post this week, um, for the fifth program, one of five teams. Yep, five teams now to be ranked in the uh, the top three in the coaches poll ever the other three of course being bg exeter and then pinkerton and Derryfield, uh, also have been in the top three at, at various points 
Uh, so that means that Pinkerton bumps down to number four. Uh, and probably the biggest uh, number-wise jump, uh, you're moving up to number five, you've got Winnicunit, then Derryfield at six, Nashua South seven, Timberlane eight, Londonderry at nine, and then Concord coming off a big win over Bedford uh, a little more than a week ago, moves back in at number 10. And then, Joe, and you look at the teams that are also receiving votes on the outside, Campbell, Wyndham, and St. Thomas, and those teams have had big wins this week. Absolutely. There is a there's a serious logjam there. I, we've said it from the beginning of the season. When Outside the top three to four teams, yeah, there yeah. there is an argument to be made that there's ten to twelve teams that could all be in the top ten. You get out, depending on yeah. the week. You get outside of the top four, and it, and, and, and the, the the voters have reflected this. There was only one variation this week. You had every poll that I got had the same top four teams, and there was only one that had um, Pinkerton three, Portsmouth four. So, I mean, it's it's pretty much unanimous throughout who those top four are, what order they go in, and then the rest is a crapshoot. And I'm sure it's going to be jumbled up again after this week because of what's yeah, happened. We'll get, in, we'll get into with, some of the yeah, scores, but there, yeah. there have been some – there there's a lot of parity. We'll just keep, that, <laughs> we'll keep saying it that well, way. Well, so the reason, uh, of course, that, that Portsmouth is able to make that jump up to three uh, is off the heels of last Saturday's game against Exeter – uh, which they, they did end up losing 10-9 to for their first loss of the season. But holy cow, um, that was um, really, I mean, it, it really will, impressive. Yeah, it will go down um, as one of the best games of this season. And it was one of the best games I think I've probably seen in the last couple of years. Not just, well, <laughs> obviously the last couple of years. <laughs> it's been a weird couple of years, but... Um, one of the best games I can remember seeing. I'll, I'll, I'll I got that. there late, and it didn't feel like it was going to be a great game at first. I got no. out of the car. I think it was four to one. It might have even gotten a five it to was one five, at one point. Yeah, it was five one. And um, you know, it kind of looked like okay, Exeter's playing. You know, their their speed, uh, the intensity on defense, and uh, you know, Coach Fisher really did a great job with his kids of settling them down and saying we can run with these guys. And then once they started moving the ball, they found cutters off ball. They were able to draw slides, and the momentum just kept building. Zach Smith at the face-off circle, um, yeah, you Nick, know that that was a serious problem for Nick, Exeter. Nick Smith. Um, Nick Smith. Sorry. Sorry. Um, did it did a tremendous job there, and just kept giving them opportunity after opportunity. You could almost see like, you know, sometimes you you you, you say you can almost see momentum. Right. Right. You, you right, could feel yeah. it in the air, and you yep. could see it there, and it was just building all game long. You see the confidence. Of Portsmouth growing throughout that game. What, what made it kind of weird, too, in terms of that, that atmosphere was that that third quarter went by in the blink of an eye. I feel like Portsmouth, or excuse me, Exeter got the opening faceoff and then kept possession for the first, like, seven, eight minutes of that quarter, and it stayed, you know, where it was, and then all of a sudden we had some back and forth there and some great, I, I will say there's some great individual efforts uh, on both sides, and the ones that stand out to me the most, uh, Adam Neal, um, you know, I knew his. You know, knew he's a great athlete, um, very good football player too. Um, he had a play where early it was early in the fourth quarter, where he got knocked down on a screen, like just completely. Like it, it probably should have been uh, been whistled down, but he got knocked down, and because he got knocked down, his guy was then open, and the Portsmouth guy with the ball tried to make a pass there, but Neil got up as the pass was coming through picked it off and then he looked like a, a defensive back he i mean he raced down the field i could see the look in his eye there was no way he was passing <laughs> that ball i knew he was going i knew he was punt returning that thing yeah, and going yeah. and, and he and it was the right situation for him to do that and that was a huge goal for exeter at that it point. Was, like yeah, they yeah. needed that goal yep. 
because um, momentum was clearly on the side it was, of it was swinging there. yeah um you know to me guys that really stood out on the Portsmouth side I thought there were two there were a lot of good there were a lot of good things I mean coming into that game we said one of the keys was going to be how well does Portsmouth's attack able to handle the pressure of of Exeter's defense and you know <clears throat> I thought they I thought they did a tremendous job guys like Dylan Rolfs uh Mike O'Neill uh, Keegan Delisle had a couple really big goals. He was able to get his hands free a couple times and and step in and hit goals. Those guys again, uh, maybe maybe guys that don't necessarily go one on one and create a lot, but they handled the pressure. They were able to draw a slide, and when they had the opportunities, they put it in the back of the net. And then the kid who really stood out to me is again like last year. Uh, you know, Zach Amen as a freshman played unbelievable, and it, you just you saw twenty four on the field. All, all day long yeah and and he really he created some problems for for Exeter there you know the um I think the the games like that in order for them to take it to the next level you've got to have it come down to the very end too and and again that's where I think um the other the other point where I saw it where Neil made some big plays he had the game-winning goal for starters he made probably the defensive you know I know his his pick and 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 uh, I don't know what do you it's a pick six in football what do you call it in a in lacrosse, a pick and I, I don't know. Is there? Is there? A, I don't know a, if we ever really. Yeah, I use the term punt return an awful lot. When but you, you but get that's kind of what and, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the at the end, you know, Portsmouth had a little oppor- like a two on one opportunity oh, more, there. More than an opportunity. They cleared and the ball. They cleared the ball. And and what was their? Like, it, they won the face off. They took a timeout. Yeah, so. twenty seconds or so, and it looked like Dom um, Alderi. Dom Alderi had a lane. Like he went. He went hard and like. I think it was a pass cross cage. He did. Maybe he passed it connect, across they cage. Didn't connect on and and Neil. Well, he, they connected, but Neil was able to get over there and and mm. make the check before yeah. a shot was able to get off, and that pretty much ended the game. I mean, yeah. Portsmouth had a chance. It was a great. It was but, a great opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Coach Vischer drew up a great sideline clear and was able to get it down there. And Dom Dom's an unbelievable two way athlete and was able to able to make some guys miss and draw a slide. And you know, they they definitely had an opportunity. Um, you know, the other guy. I don't think we can. We'd be remiss if we didn't. Um, talk about a little bit is max brown and and the job he did against aiden aiden oh, fantastic job um you know to hold aiden to one goal uh unbelievable unbelievable effort um you know but it was it was a true team defense because aiden was like they were locking him off at times um max was able to max was able to stay with him and he did get the ball a few times but they were able to swarm and really create uh really cause aiden to take some shots that maybe were not um, they were contested, right? And he didn't have his hands free. He wasn't able to step into a shot. And um, you know, they they did a really good they did a really good job. Coach Fisher had a great game plan. They executed well and they stayed together as a team. I mean, you go down five, you go down four to five to one, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe it's snowballing and you're not feeling so good about it. But um, but that's that's what a kid like Nick Smith gives you is the opportunity yeah, to get yeah, back oh, in any absolutely. game. You know, you mentioned Drunzik's only goal, and um, it was a, it was an odd one too because it came right out of the, the start of the second quarter, and it was almost like Portsmouth forgot about him because he just kind of walked in. He ended up taking a pretty good hit, hit for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, to to go back and look at that, and I mean, he's I think he's hands down. You know, you get this senior class, and he is the number one college prospect coming out of this senior class. I I, I don't think. Too many people would argue with that. Um, going to UMass Amherst next year. Coach Cameron might have I, a couple well. guys he might argue with you about. But, uh, but well, it, I, would be, I it would be a Aiden, fun argument. It would be a fun argument, but I agree. Aiden is up there. I, in my opinion, he's still a clear-cut All-American. I mean, he draw. he's going to draw the attention every single game. Um, you know, and 
Uh, but that that's what Port, Portsmouth knew that like that was what you had to do to kind of to make the other kids beat you, right? Um, there were other guys. I mean, who else? Who you know? We, Exeter won the games. So <laughs> <laughs> right, right, over. right. Who, who else stood out to you for Exeter? I mean, um, just their secondary guy. I mean, we mentioned Neil, of course. Um, Owen Williams. I was gonna say huge Owen Williams games. had a nice um, day. Yeah, he had the tying goal in the fourth quarter that made it nine nine. Um, you know, I thought I thought he did uh, had a pretty good game. Um, but you, know, yeah, I'm just. Furnish made some timely he saves did. too. Yeah, that's he the did. thing is is both goalies I thought played well, but you they know, didn't. They they were. I don't know if you fault them for many of the goals though. Like there were, you know, some really good shots out there. Um, yeah, it was just all around. It was I was a great day of lacrosse. It's funny. It's two team two teams that that I wouldn't say goalie controversy. But Portsmouth also has been and been going back and forth between uh, Skylar Michaelitis and Nate, Nate Amen, and it seems like you know Skylar Skylar started to play a little bit more. Uh, Burnish Burnish has been playing a little bit more. I thought I thought both goalies played solid in the game. Like they they did what they needed to do to give their teams an opportunity to win. And it was two um, two offenses that were that are really good. You know, and, you, and against good goalies, you get you get your hands free. They're gonna score. They're gonna score a lot. Um, so I, I entertain. Very entertaining game. Absolutely. Um, I mean, that was you know, it's it, it's tough. That's what I, I you know, I text Coach Fisher afterwards, and obviously it's uh, it's never never oh, fun yeah, to lose, never fun to lose those games. But like you know, it, it, if you're gonna lose a game, you walk away feeling feeling really good about that, feeling really good about the way your kids play, and know that you can play at that level. As you know, he is uh, uh, Chad's a uh, uh, blessed with the uh, the gift of of gab. Uh, but I wanted to, you know, I hadn't seen him yet this year, so I wanted to hang out after the game and kind of chat with him. And we, we talked for most of the JV game, and he just kept saying over and over, you know, you could just almost see him, like, mentally kicking himself. I, oh, we had that. We had, you know, it was uh, just, oh, I want to, you know, and he, he said, I think he said it while we were interviewing to him that he'd love to play him again, play another, you know, another quarter, another eight quarters, something like, you know. But just, yeah, you it was... It was just a fun game, I you know, and and I guess to, to segue a little bit here, we're we're shaping up here for uh, what's going to be a fun final two and a half weeks here um, across the state, starting in Division One. Yeah. there's going to be a lot of drama to play out. I mean, over the next we weeks. like you said at the beginning, we know who some of the, the who basically the top teams are going to be in most cases. You know, they you may look not at finish as the like, well in the standings. Inter- the yeah, that'll be the interesting thing. But looking at some of the. The kind of middle of the pack teams, um, you know, this week in Division One, you kind of got a, or over the last week or two, I think you could look at, it's been kind of a round robin between maybe the next teams in uh, in D1 and Londonderry, Bedford, and Concord. Londonderry, Bedford played tonight, uh, with Londonderry getting their second win over Bedford. Concord and Bedford played, uh, as we said at the beginning last week, with with Concord getting that win, and then we're going to have another Londonderry Concord game. Uh, Thursday or Friday, I can't remember which day it is. They just played the other day with Londonderry getting a win. So right now the Lancers look like maybe they've got a head up. They've started to establish themselves a notch up. But Concord's got an opportunity. They they got a great win, 11-2 win over Bedford the other day. Uh, Coach Smith always dials up a great zone, um, you know, and plays some really, really good defense with those guys. And he's got his offense playing well. Picked up a a 15-2 win over Keene. You know, and then um, and then got a win over a gritty win, a really gritty win over Sauhegan the other day. You know, he I talked to him after the game, and sometimes you got to win ugly. You know, like uh, Sauhegan, Sauhegan's a tough team too, and so you know Concord's sitting right now with six wins. 
Um, they've got some game, you know, they've got a big game left with, with Londonderry. They've got Nashua South on there. And Exeter, those are, those are games that, you know, maybe they're not expected to win. But then they've got Dover, uh, Merrimack, Nashua North. So there, there's, some, there's some potential win. There's some games that maybe they're not expected to win and, and also game. They could be a 9-10 win team. Yeah, coming out of yeah. coming out of there. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that game with South. That should be interesting because they played at Stellos earlier this year, and South having was to able up, to take it to them. 13 having to go five. up to Concord yeah, is a, is a that different makes beast. A huge difference, uh, and, you know. And, and I think Concord um, part of their maybe their problem early in the season was just trying to get guys in the right spots, you know. And they were and like battling it, through some yeah, injuries. Yeah, they had some injuries. Too. So they're they're going to be a little bit more um, experienced at that point. Um, yeah, you know, and then, then, you know, we talked about, I think, Londonderry earlier, um, early in the year about what were they going to be because they had a pretty tough schedule to open with BG, Exeter, uh, Pinkerton. They go up to Cape Elizabeth, um, all losses for them. You know, now that they've hit that second half, you know, they had a, another loss to Exeter the other day, but, you know, their schedule, and they finished the year with Pinkerton, but they could be on a run of, uh, let, me, let me do some quick counting here. Um, like winning, having won 10 out of 11 going into that Pinkerton game. So, you know, definitely a chance for them to really step up. And what could be big, too, is, you know, given that South still has BG, uh, they play Bedford on Monday, they play Pinkerton the last week of the season, you know, Londonary's got the head-to-head tiebreaker with them. So that could come into play as we go down the stretch here. Uh, for, for a potential, you know, a 4-5 yeah, or a 3-4 matchup, you know. Try to, trying to avoid that that first round or that uh, that quarterfinal round matchup with uh, with BG, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then, um, well, but, but I mean, what what was big for South was getting a win this past Monday uh, at Timberlane because if you look, yeah. you know, they they drop, uh, you it's know, a big one in D two. It's a big uh, one in terms oh, of yeah, D two standings yeah. as well. A uh, potential playoff picture there. Yeah. Um, so that game I think was huge for South. You look ahead the next Monday, they've got Bedford at home. That's another big game because this week, you know, they, they've already lost to Exeter uh, Tuesday. They turn around Thursday and play BG. So, you know, not to take anything away from South, but, I mean, they I, I did go look this up. Um, they haven't beaten BG since um, 2006. Was the, I think the only time they've beaten BG. I wouldn't have known that either. I wow. yeah I <laughs> I remember I did some research on this back when Lax Power still existed uh, and I, I somehow was able to remember where it was and found it. I actually would have guessed it would have been before Coach Cameron had gotten right, there. Right. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Um. So I mean, you know, the, the game coming up on Monday against Bedford, a big one, and then like we said, Concord will be a big one for South. Um, you know, and then uh, and then you you alluded to too. Where where do those top teams, uh, BG and Exeter, end up? Um, you know, Exeter has finished its slate of, of out of division games. BG still has a, a, a tough home game this Saturday against LaSalle out of Providence. They have a tough home game next Tuesday against Acton Boxborough. Uh, both of those games, uh, you know, they're fortunate to be at home. I think uh, definitely helps a little bit, but but those could impact the standings quite a bit. I do want to give a quick shout out. Uh, Coach Cameron picked up his 300th career win. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. the other day in the in the 15-7 win over Bedford. Um, you know, Bed- Bedford played really well. Made Coach Cameron earn that game. But um, you know, incredible incredible career and just body of work. I mean, to uh, to get to 300 wins in your career is, is not an easy thing to do. 
Um, you know, and it's a credit to all the success he's had there, the great players that have come through. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to that LaSalle game and the Acton, Acton Boxborough game. I know Acton Boxborough dropped to Exeter, but they're they're a good program, and um, you know, it's it's. And, the, and then you can't forget about Cape Elizabeth at the end of the year, too. Cape, Cape is playing well up in Maine right now. Um, yeah, it's definitely having it. Could, uh, as we were, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, you know, as we were talking about schedule changes, uh, that, that LaSalle game on Saturday, too, was an 11 o'clock start, now scheduled to start for 3 p.m. at Stellos, following the girls' game uh, against Franklin. Uh, which I didn't, I you know, I'm looking at that. I'm like, why is why are they scheduling Franklin? I, looking up according to to the lax uh, numbers, uh, Franklin's the number two team in Massachusetts, so that should be a fun one. Uh, if you're looking for something to do Saturday afternoon, uh, you could. Uh, it doesn't get much better than than seeing two matchups like that. It's over at Stellos, so you know where I'll be on Saturday. <laughs> um. So let's uh, take a look now at Division Two. Um, you know, in the note that I uh, I left here for you, um, this was and this was before Wednesday's games. I said, just when we think we've got everything figured out, we have nothing figured out. We have nothing. You figured got, out. And, this, and again, like I said before today, you had St. Thomas beats Wyndham last Friday. St. Thomas, who lost to Winnicunit in their first meeting, then you turn around on Monday and you have Wyndham beating Winnicunit, and then if to make it even better. Today, Wednesday, you had St. Thomas beat Winnicunit. I, you know, and then you've got you guys lost to Winnicunit, and you beat Winnicunit. Timberlane lost to Winnicunit, but they beat you. And it's, and then Windo, it's you know, it's, game, right? With the exceptional, I mean, I, you know, we we talked about it. I, I think until proven otherwise, Portsmouth has clearly separated well, themselves from the pack. They did have a close game today, a against, relatively uh, close game early on. Yeah, early, early on, twelve six. Uh, Wyndham is playing well right now. They're playing with renewed confidence. I think I think the uh, the win over Winnicott at Winnicott the other day gave them some co- gave them some confidence. Um, we you know, and it, probably mentioned too that Winnicott's a little shorthanded, uh, losing um, temporary. Uh, yeah, temporary. For, we got for, some you know good news. Uh, you know, it appears that Nico Zeno is is uh, is is going to be on the recovery. Um, okay. You know, thankfully, um, you know, Coach Snow, Coach Snow, let everybody know that they, they're hopeful that. It was not season-ending, and that they expect to get back. So, probably a, a, a big morale booster I, yeah, for the team. Yeah, I heard, right? well, I heard um, that the other day, and I was my my heart's on. He, we talked about him earlier. I, he's one I, of my favorite guys to watch. He's been unbelievable yeah, athlete, yeah. Uh, incredible. You know, difference maker in the defensive end and offensive end. He, he's a one-man clearing machine. Um, you know, can take away the other team's best player. Um, you know, in in any time like you have an injury like that, and, and again, thank goodness it appears that it's not season-ending. Um, you know, anytime you have that, it's going to affect your team, right? Like, just you know, you, you're taking one of your better players off the field. Guys can't help but but maybe not feel that way. So, I, yeah, when it kind of you know they've they've, they've they've dipped a little bit, but I don't I don't expect them not to be in the like they're going to they're right. going to recover oh, yeah. from this. Yeah. They're going they've they've proven that they can play with the best teams. Um, but in the meantime, it is kind of a logjam in D two right now. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at the teams that potentially could finish with three to four losses and that would normally get you a top that would normally get you a top four seed you you could be at six seed this year you know with I, with a really good record i mean you look at at i think you said a couple weeks ago that six wins is kind of where the cutoff usually is 
And, um, you know, I think it even goes down that far. I mean, six wins may not be enough it this year. It may not be enough. You look at, yeah. you know, uh, you guys uh, played Hollis Brookline today. They're starting to get healthy. They they were, you know. They, had, they gave us a great game today. Yeah. Um, Justin Colby facing off. He, he is a weapon there. Um, they are starting to get healthy. They're getting guys in the right place, and they're, they're playing well. Coach Dom has got guys buying into their system. Um, you know, like. I'm telling you right now, if they finish as a 13 or 14 seed, that that's not the gift you want as a as a no, <laughs> you know no. as a body of work. Yeah, right, a, right. You know, a, a, a one seed. And the the two teams that they just recently beat too, Alvern and uh, and Manchester uh, Manchester United, um, they played today, and that was a game that Alvern was up most of the day. Manchester comes out and, and pulls out a win there. They're now at three wins. They're back in the mix. And the big thing for them too is they have a, they got a win the other day over Keene Manadnock. Point. Which gives them the extra point because it's a Division One win, so that's that's huge. There, um, Goffstown has has rebounded from you know where they were at the beginning of the season. They're six and four. Um, you know they're, they're right well. back in the mix. They're playing yeah, very well. Yeah, I, I got to see some of their game against uh, Hollis the other day. They're playing with a lot of energy. They did they did run into a buzzsaw with Portsmouth the other day, but <laughs> most team most teams are running yeah, into a buzzsaw yeah. with Portsmouth right now. Um, you know they're they're a team they're another team that that's going to be a, a, a tough matchup in the playoffs right now. Guys like e- Ethan Hansen was was not at full strength earlier in the year. He's back now. He's playing well. Uh, T.J. Smittick's playing well. Um, they they've got they, they've uh, Sean Cody and Net. Uh, he's he's playing really well right now. Um, you know they're they they are they're, they're, there's so many good teams in Division Two right now. Um, and I think legitimately deserve some recognition in, in that coaches poll like, like right. we've gotten the last couple of weeks. And, and Portsmouth, of, of course, being the top team at the moment, um, you know, I, I kind of was looking over their schedule, too. And, I mean, we're going to find out. We, it's kind of interesting to look at some of the wins they had earlier in the year, you know, in games that we thought were maybe going to be tighter. But you look at their early schedule. I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But some of the the early part of their schedule was maybe a little bit easier than we expected it to be. You know, they got the, that win over Wyndham today, the win over Goffstown, and the win over St. Thomas. Those are the only teams that but have Joe, winning even, records. Even at in the this years point. like when when uh, when we were when we were pretty dominant over that over that four year stretch. You know, we would have stretches in our schedule like that. And the thing you want to look at when you look at those is what's the right side of the column look like there, right? And they, I could tell that those were they're, good scores yeah. because they were holding, teams down. even subbing guys in, they were holding teams to under four goals a game. And that's not easy to do unless you've got some depth, unless you've got guys playing really well. Um, so, you know, you're right, I think, in the fact that, you know, and, and Chad would even say that early in the season that their, their schedule was not the, the hardest schedule, but they were doing it the right way and they were putting up scores that, that were impressive. You know, they weren't giving up eight, nine, ten goals a game. They, they were holding teams under four goals a game. Well, we'll certainly find up out uh, about them over the next couple games, obviously. That that one today against Wyndham was a big one. Um, they're at Kingswood on uh, on Friday. Seven o'clock game Friday night. Not always the easiest uh, uh, road trip, I would think, even for a team out on the seacoast. Um, and then, of course, they've got some, you know, four back-to-back games there that are, are pretty big. They host you guys next Tuesday, host Dairyfield next week. They host Timberlane um, on Thursday. And then uh, then they go to Winnicunit, and then they go to Sauhegan, which, you know, uh, Sauhegan's, you know, not quite what they have been in the past, but still. But they'll be physical. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. at their home. Um, 
you know, and it'll get them it'll get them ready for a play for a playoff game there. And then they finish out the year with uh, with Oyster River Newmarket. Ruppy's team's playing well. They they're a tough team. They're a tough team to play against. They're very they're very well disciplined. They play a style of offense and defense that I don't know if conservative is the right word, but they they clock manage. They know they know how to they know what their they know their identity of their team and they know how they're going to win. They like to control the tempo of the game, and it can be a frustrating game. It's a good test for your team to see how disciplined you can play. You have to be you have to be well rounded in all facets of the game. Uh, they have a good they have a really good goalie. Uh, Finn Mason, um, you know, he he's going to make you earn every goal uh, that you score on them. Um, they're an interesting team for the playoffs as well. They're they're in that hunt for a top eight seed. Right, you know, right. Um, their schedule has not been particularly, uh, I would say, forgiving. They, they've played some hard teams, and they've got some hard teams left on their schedule. Um, so, again, they're a team that could be, like, they could be one of those, like, eight, nine matchups that, like, you know, all of a sudden – if you're one of the top seeds, you can get to play them in a quarterfinal. You're like, oh, this is not the easiest game that we want to play. <laughs> they, um, they, they're playing yeah. really well. They're, they're, yeah. You look at their their games too, and their losses haven't been, you know, they they, no, they fall been, nine been four to yeah. St. Thomas, seven six to Conval, and five two at Timberlane. Um, you know, they they've got a huge game coming up Saturday night with uh, with a rival in Dover. Uh, that's a a big game, not only because of the uh, the competition, but the extra point. Uh, comes into play with them playing up. Um, the real meat of their schedule comes at the end. We're gonna we're gonna really find out right. from the twentieth on. They play Winnicunit, St. Thomas, Kingswood, and Port in Portsmouth. In there, that four game stretch is really gonna kind of dictate right. where they're gonna finish right. in the standings and and what kind of season they're gonna have. You know, I, I put on here that that to talk about. You mentioned tiers, and I didn't really want to do it with Division One because I almost feel like you could break it down into every team having their own tier uh, with the way things are going. Um, but Division Two, I mean, I feel like we kind of just talked about it. You know that, that you've got Portsmouth, maybe half step above, and then Derryfield Timberlane. I'll give them three quarters, Wyndham, of, a step three right quarters now. of a step. Okay, that's that's fine. I I'll, I'll go with that. I think they've earned it. They have. I think they've they, more they than have, earned it. Absolutely. Um, but uh, Derryfield Timberlane, Wyndham, and Winna kind of also kind of in that group. Um, Conval, St. Thomas, maybe the next tier. And then Kingswood, Goffstown, Oyster River, Co-Brown. And then I'm kind of, I mean, especially, I know the record isn't where you would think, but I'd almost say once Hollis gets healthy, they kind of go into that, maybe that I, I think too. they do. I think they do. I think they, I think they you know, I, I really like what, what Coach Dom is doing there and the way the trajectory he's got his guys going. They're still playing hard. I mean, for a team that, that now has eight losses on the season, they're, they did not. They did not back down at all. They love to play the game. They're playing it the right way. And like I said, they they've got some winnable games left on their schedule. If they win the games they're supposed to win, I think they're going to be in. And uh, you know, and then and then uh, you know, anything can happen. You know, especially especially in those early rounds. So, um, the game of the maybe the week though might be coming up in uh, Division Three on Friday night or Friday afternoon. Excuse me. Um, and you know, I really <laughs> one of those the schedule makers didn't do us any favors this year with putting Campbell. I should say those of us in Southern New Hampshire um, didn't do us any favor, favors by putting Campbell on the road at all of the other top teams in the division. Uh, I made the trek up to Laconia on Monday to watch them uh, beat Laconia 12 to four in a game that might have been the best all-around game that Campbell's had this year. Um, 
Friday, they go up to play at Plymouth, two undefeated teams. That game, most likely for the number one seed in the division. Um, you know, Plymouth has had some uh, some interesting games. You know, they played Monday too, also, um, but they played uh, Kearsarge. I think it's a, and it's that a clash one a, of two, yeah. team, two teams with differing styles. Campbell wants to get out. They're, they're a run-and-gun team. Um, you know, Coach Cam, Coach Campbell is from uh, Coach Cam, Coach Campbell's from Syracuse. He play, or, uh, I'm sorry, Coach Knight of Campbell <laughs> played at Syracuse, and uh, you know that Syracuse wants. They're, they're a traditional. They're a run and gun team. They want to get up and down. He's brought that style to Campbell. Can Campbell adjust their style to win a what could be a close, tight game against a really good goaltender, uh, a team in Plymouth that's going to play you physical? They're going to want to slow down and control the tempo. Um, you know, I think that's a that's a challenge for Campbell is like win win and win ugly if you have to, right? I mean, in their the last three wins uh, against Trinity, Hopkinton, and Laconia, they've probably seen the th- the three of the four best goalies in the state, and they're and probably handled. going to see and 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 been able to put up um, you know decent numbers. They're going to probably see the best goalie in the division, uh, in, in in Jake Marcoux. Who I think I mean he's going to be the difference maker for Plymouth I would assume, I mean what if he's able to, he's on his game he's able to come up with some big saves, um, you know I saw him do it in, against Laconia earlier this year, completely changed that game uh, that Plymouth was able to, to win, uh, you know can he do it against probably some of the best uh, best shooters he's going to see all year. I I would agree I mean, <clears throat> you know I. I'll be interested to say, but how much you know if you're if you're Coach Glenn, how how much of how much of your hand do you want to show, right? Like if you how important is this? How important is the one versus two seed right now? I'm not sure that it is. And if you're gonna, I think I think the two teams play each other straight up. I would be surprised if they if they didn't do what they've already shown on film, because why would why would you do that right now when you're potentially heading for for a showdown at the end of the season? So. Um, I think that'll be that'll be interesting to look forward to. Is, does Plymouth play a zone? Do they do something? Do, you know, do they try and shut guy? Do they tip their hand a little bit, right? To try and to try and shut the try and shut down Campbell to keep that you know to possibly get a win. I I think you play him straight up and you you see what you can do and then and then you save any of the any of your gadget stuff for the playoffs. Um, we we can't uh, finish up this week without talking about. What might have been one of the most absurd games I think I've ever seen. Um, triple overtime last Friday between Trinity and Hopkinton. Final score three to two. Hopkinton. Um, just I, I I don't. It's hard to put into words what exactly that was like uh, because there were so many different levels. Uh, of course, Hopkinton was coming off uh, a 15-12 loss to Campbell the day before. And when I, you know, you, you do the kind of the transitive properties in your head there. Well, Campbell just scored 19 goals against Trinity and held them to eight. Hopkinton just scored 12 goals against Campbell. What is Hopkinton going to do against Trinity? They're going to score 20. Now, well, little did I know, um, Trinity comes out mostly in a zone for that night. Chase Hunt and goal was just, he was at the top of his game. I had him for 28 saves in three overtimes. And and you say, oh, well, he went three overtimes to make those. I had him for seven in the first quarter. 
Yeah. Um, I, which I don't know. To me, that's bonkers. Like, like that was a. But the Trinity's problem was was they couldn't. They, they couldn't, couldn't get, get out, out and transition. And transition. And that, that's what you think. You know, normally when you play a zone and your goalie makes that many saves, you've got middies breaking up the field. You've got opportunities for Chase to get that ball out. And that's why I actually, when you were when you were updating and sending me text there, I was kind of expecting that Trinity was going to win that game on a fluky, like, transition, like, push, and they're going to get something because, you know, Hopkinton is just peppering and they're getting, they're getting frustrated and – you know, and, and Trinity's just going to take advantage of, of transition there. You know, and that, that was a smart game. It, unfortunately, they probably tipped their hand a little bit and kind of showed what, what teams might expect in the playoffs. But, that I mean, that, that's a really smart thing for them. If you're, if you're struggling to kind of score goals and you've got a hot goalie like that, you can kind of, you can kind of sit back and then, and then hope to get some in transition. Um, so, you know, if uh, if I'm Coach Martinez, maybe maybe I'm working on my transitional game a little bit more before the playoffs to try and try and win some games like that. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, I, I think I might have texted you this that it, that that Hopkinton was dominating possession. I was like, you know what's going to happen is Trinity's going to score a, a fluky goal going into halftime. Not to say it wasn't, it wasn't fluky, um, they, but they got a man up goal going into halftime. Uh, so they're up one nothing. They got a second goal in the third quarter. They were up two. Not they held Hopkinton scoreless until there was probably about six and a half minutes left. Hopkinton got a man up goal from from uh, Quinn Whitehead. He scores to make it two one. Who I was told at this game, a, a kid who played lacrosse as a as a young young stir and um, as a youngster, and then decided to come back as a senior and play and. Um, how about it that is, for a yeah, Cinderella yeah. story right there? Um, you know, so he scores that man-up goal to make it 2-1. You have Hopkinton take a penalty late in the game, but they're able to get the ball back, go down and transition, and then he scores a man-down goal to tie it with about a minute and a half left. Hopkinton had a chance to win in regulation, too. Couldn't get it done. And then in overtime, it was like they almost wanted to give each other opportunities. I don't know if I've ever seen so many penalties called in an overtime, in overtimes. I think each team started, I think Hopkins started the second overtime man up. Trinity started the third overtime man up. Neither one scored. And I'll be honest with you, I've been in games like that where all of a sudden, you know, you, you run into a hot goalie and you're almost afraid to pull the trigger. Like, even though you're man up, like you're looking for the perfect, like, setup or the perfect thing and, and you can't, like you, you just can't. You can't that might have been Hopkinton's problem. I don't think they were. They were just. They took so many shots, um, and then you know what happens at the end is is they they've got another man up opportunity. They don't score on it. Guy comes out. Defense isn't settled. Aiden Burns gets open, scores a goal. Um, you know it was uh, it was. It's one of those games that that you'll probably talk about. You know I'll remember that for a couple of years. You know, not just because of the... It was a big game. Top teams in the division. Triple overtime. Low scoring. It was uh, it was an interesting night uh, up there at uh, Dairyfield Park. Well, and I think it's... You know, it's, it's honestly a game that probably can springboard Hopkinson a little bit and use that as momentum. Um, if it's done the right way, you know, Trinity can rally behind that too and kind of say, look, guys, you know, we got we to gotta clean up some things on man up and in some transition, but we can run with anybody. We can any, anybody there. You know, if you're Hopkinton, you kind of use that to say, look, guys, we were not at our best today. We had to win a game gritty, and, you know, we were able to do it. We, we showed that we, we can we can dig down and, and, and play like that. 
And they do have, um, you know, they've, of course, played Campbell. They've played Trinity, but they still have some tough games left on the schedule. they got to go to Kearsarge um, on, on Friday, or excuse me, on Thursday. Uh, they go to Plymouth um, next week. Then they have Laconia and Lebanon at home. Lebanon, a team, we haven't even really mentioned them, but they've been a team that, that's looking like... Um, Sitting at 7-3 right, right now. Right, right. They, they are a team that maybe nobody wants to see that, that they've played the top teams close. We'll really find out for sure about them when they, they finish the year at Campbell and at We Hopkinton. haven't talked a lot about Pelham either. Pelham's kind of lurking there, sitting there at 4-4 four and four right now. Big um, win big win on Wednesday against Kearsarge. Yep. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so definitely uh, Division Three certainly is, is interesting as uh, the others. Oh, we should probably mention, too, um, give a shout-out to Hillsborough Daring. First varsity win today. They beat Stevens 8-3. to three. Uh, so first win for the uh, uh, what are, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Hill, are they the Hillcats? Hilltoppers. Hilltoppers. I was gonna say Hill. I was gonna say Hillcats. Hillcats. Too. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Are they the Hillcats? Then I don't. Well, one or the other. Um, but but good to see that they get uh, they get their first varsity win. Um, you know, pretty big big move for that program. Um, yeah. Any other any other thoughts before we wrap up for the week? Um, you know, I think. I'm actually you, you threw me there. I'm actually looking to make sure <laughs> they are the Hillcats. I want to get Cats. that. We okay. want to get that one right. Okay. Uh, the other thing that we had talked about, you know, and we never followed up on from there. Speaking of Stevens, is the Battle of the Urdas the, the other right. day. Oh yes. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I'm if I'm uh, the elder if I'm the elder Urda there. You don't you don't give it you don't give your little guy you don't give him one goal in that game. You're gonna you're gonna beat him <laughs> down like that. You're gonna show him you're still boss like that. Uh, I think twelve nothing. Coach Coach Rick Erda gets gets the win for Milford uh, over Harrison. Um, you know Harrison doing doing everything he can up there. He's uh, I believe he's a PE teacher up there, working hard to, to build the program up. Uh, he is he is doing a good he is doing a good job. Uh, but yeah, we had, we had mentioned the Battle of the Urdas the other day. Right. We did not. Milford we did not comes follow out. Up with Milford that. comes out on top with a with a 12, 12 nothing win. Yeah. 11, 12? 12 nothing. Yeah. Twelve nothing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's it's just been a lot of fun this spring. Um, so many teams in the mix. Um, you know, I think it's going to make for a really interesting. We we talked about it before that usually in the playoffs the chalk kind of uh, holds throughout. I'm not sure that's going to be the case this spring. I really don't. I really don't know if that's that's going to happen. Um, just just by the nature of where teams are going to fall and the and the great matchups we may see there. Well, if if there are uh, upsets, I will. Uh... You know, I'll pledge right now. I'm gonna go overboard on the with the social media on those. We'll we'll do some upset alerts and some uh, maybe some some googly eyes or whatever the, that emoji is uh, on there. Um, but uh, definitely looking forward. And, and hard to believe um, we're two and a half weeks away from the start of the uh, start of the playoffs. Joe, we've gotten close over the podcast, but I, I don't need you to send me any googly eyes. All right, no uh, no googly <laughs> eye emojis. We're, we're good with that here. All right, just just the uh, just the winking emoji. Ah, uh, yeah, the winky right, emoji. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, he is uh, Dairyfield AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. We'll do it again next week, Joe. We sure will. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening. <laughs>